Welcome to Unfuck Your Brain, the only podcast that teaches you how to use psychology, feminism, and coaching to rewire your brain and get what you want in life. And now here's your host, Harvard Law School grad, feminist rock star, and master coach, Kara Lowenthal. Hello, my chickens. We are here for the second part of this series with my teacher and mentor and coach, Brooke Castillo. If you did not listen to part one, you have to go listen because it was so mind-blowing. Like, I wish you guys could see us on Zoom because we kept being like, one person would be talking and the other person would be like doing mind-blown things with their hands or being like, what? And like banging on the table. We really, we really did some deep work. So go listen to last week's episode if you haven't. Okay. So today we want to talk about this thing that I have been like really thinking about lately, which is like, when we don't have something that is forcing us to change, right? Like we're not reacting to something and we are trying to imagine what we could evolve into or what we could create, right? Mm -hmm. Like we have been talking about how when people have a goal or like a way they want to grow or evolve or whatever, where they think they might, that there can be this like real resistance to imagining it working out or like what could be possible. I feel like it's something that you must, I mean, you're the person who, you know, teaches the impossible goal. Like yeah. that's something that comes up a lot for you and your clients. So I want to talk about that. Like, what do you think that is about? Like, why do we have such a kind of psychological blocks? It's like when you're coaching someone, you're like, okay, but what if this amazing thing could happen? And they're like, no. Yeah. I mean, I was just coaching someone on this. Right. And I was like, but like, so this happens to me all the time where I'm coaching someone and I can see so clearly that this result is very doable for them. Like, especially if I'm coaching someone on money and business, like I have a perspective where I'm just like, this is as good as done. And I'll tell a client that I'll be like, this is a done deal. If you do this, this, and this, this is already done. And they'll be like, no, (laughs) like, what do you mean? No, no, it's like, no. And it's, it is kind of like this vehement, like shut down. That's like a reflex. And then I'll say something like, well, do you want this result? Yes. Okay. But you can can actually have it. And they'll say no. And I think this relates actually to our last podcast too, to wanting what you want, giving yourself permission to want what you want is huge, Mm -hmm. but also giving yourself permission to have what you want. Mm -hmm. I think that's the impossible part of the impossible goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not like creating it. Right. Like there's actually the, first of all, people don't allow, right. I mean, I, you know, I saw you coach someone recently also where they were sort of like, well, no, like I basically haven't done enough to deserve that. Yes. Right. There's that, like we are socialized around and this is partly gender and then it's partly sort of capitalist socialization. That's sort of like yeah. you have to work hard to make money. I haven't worked right? hard enough to deserve it. I haven't it. worked yeah. hard enough to deserve it. Right. It's like a deserving yeah. thing and you earn it by working hard. Right. And I haven't worked enough it's, hours. Yeah. I haven't been factory enough. That's what I love. You can't work hard enough to make the amount of money that I make. You just can't. There, there's just not enough hours in the day to make millions of dollars. You just can't. And someone else has a mathematical equation about what you, woman working for yeah. me, deserve in terms of pay. And even that deserve is part of it at all. Cause they're obviously right. like extremely, I mean, I think we're all worthy, but also like there are obviously people who aren't able to make money or choose not to or whatever because of their circumstances, because of their values. And it's right. not about deserving at all. And there's plenty of people making money doing things we agree with and things we don't agree with. Like deserving is just not part of it. I mean, in the sense that I think this is such something that women are taught too. It's like, you have to be good enough to get the reward. Like mm. be a good girl and you get the reward. 
Right. And so then it's like, yes. so you have it's to like, back to that authority thing, right? Like someone else can decide yeah. what we deserve or what we're worthy of or how much we right. can make or, you know, what we have to do in order to. Right. Like where do we come up with that standard? Like, well, I worked hard enough because I wrote 26 emails, but if I'd re- written 12 emails, that wouldn't be working hard enough on this launch. Right. It's like, we're all, we're like, it's well, so- and if you think about business, this is what I love about what we do. This is what I love about the work that I get to do in the world is because I get paid for the value that I create for other people. That's how it works. If I create enough value that they agree is valuable, they will pay me regardless of how many hours I've worked, regardless of how much I've suffered or struggled or like it can actually be very easy. Listen, this is true. It can be very easy to provide tremendous value for lots of people. That is crazy to think about. Like it doesn't have to be hard to provide tremendous value for lots of people. And in fact, I have seen that the more money that people want to make, the less they have to suffer to create it. Yeah. I think that's suffering and the suffering for return theme just like also mm-hmm. feels very like Christian theology to me, kind of like, oh, you have to, like suffer in this world to gain salvation in the next. Yes, right? yes, yes. It's like you suffer for a reward. Whereas Jews are like, we just suffer. There's no reward. There's just suffering <laughs> and then you die. That's it. <laughs> oh my but gosh. And aren't we taught that? I feel yeah. like we're we're really socialized to believe this, right? That there's a certain amount you have to, money doesn't grow on trees, even though it does, that money doesn't grow on trees and that you have to work hard if you want to have a good life and you got to work hard if you want this or that or the other thing. It's not, you have to figure out a way to provide as much value as possible into the world. Right. The, and the, I think, yeah, this another way this I think connects to like the, what we talked about last time is that there are obviously people in the world whose circumstances make that much more challenging, right? But for those of us who do have access to like the internet, (laughs) our own brains and have been able to have an education and all of the things that make it possible to do that. Like, I think to me, I'm like, we have a, it's not just a nice to have, it's like, we have a responsibility to kind of create and live up to our full potential in order to make the world a better place. Like for me, that's like an incredible, a very sort of positive motivation. It's not a like, I have to save the world all by myself, but I don't know how to change global warming. Like it's like knowing that some people who are alive today will never have the opportunities I have. Am I going to squander them out of my own kind of fear or insecurity? Or am I going to like do the work that's necessary to express them in a way that helps move, like move the world? That's to me, because I think a lot of people will say, it's not okay for me to want that because there are yes. people that don't have the same privilege that I do. Yeah. It's like people misusing the concept of privilege, right? I'm yes. telling people that like privilege is a political analysis. It's not a moral calculator for your personal mm. like worth, right? It's like not a, it's not a math problem you do to figure out like how good or bad of a person you are or how guilty or ashamed you're supposed to feel. And I have the opposite response to it. So I think sometimes people will say, you know, it's not okay for me to want to make a lot of money because I have all this privilege and I've been given all this opportunity. And I'm like, no, I feel like, and I especially, I think about all the women that came before us. I'm like, because I have been given this opportunity, like what you were saying, I have a responsibility to not just like be the best version that I can be with what I've been given, but also to then 
help the people that maybe don't have as much privilege. It puts me in a position to be able to at least offer that and to set an example for many other people who, I mean, what is it? It's like, I don't deserve it. I haven't done enough Mm -hmm. suffering to be worthy of it. Right. I think that's what a lot of people. It's like, there's, we think that it's like the zero sum game. So it's like, right. If I already have the privilege of being healthy and living in a place with clean running water and having an education, then I, you know, yeah, there is I should just be happy for what I have. Yeah. But that's just also social conditioning that women get right. Mm. Women are supposed to be happy with what they're given and be grateful for what they have. Like, I don't think that men get socialized in the same way as much. Like men are sort of like, you are a conquering King go out and, you know, like (laughs) conquer your kingdom. That is so true. And women are socialized to be like, stay at home until the king, your husband brings home your little share. And then you can put it in your little pocket bag. And then yeah. like, you know, you can be in charge of the 20 cents. Yeah. I mean, I think it's women. You should be as pleasant and pretty as possible. Right. And men, you know, you better make sure that you go out there and do this thing. Yeah. That- it's like be, be seen and not heard and definitely don't ask for anything. Just be grateful for what you're given. Right. I hadn't ever thought about it that way. That's actually really, really interesting. Like, I was just talking about this today. It's like, people will say to me, like, when is enough going to be enough, Brooke? Like, when are you just going to be satisfied and stop trying to be so ambitious and trying to make more money? And, you know, and to me, it's just the wrong question, right? Because it's a misunderstanding of why I do what I do as if some, there will be a point where I'll be able to achieve enough, then I will be able to be grateful and happy with myself. I already am. Right. And can we start from that place of worthiness? Okay, this this is kind of an interesting thing to think about. When I was coaching someone today, they were thinking, I don't deserve this level of success, mm-hmm. right? I haven't worked hard enough to get it. And then there's the other thing where it's just like, well, I've already arrived, right? And so I shouldn't want any more. Mm-hmm. I should but be all of that is like, it's all predicated on this. <laughs> like, I have so much I want to say about, we're like, we have so many different interesting tangents. <laughs> this is always right. Control yourself. Like, yeah, I know it's hard. Okay, so the thing I was supposed to that is that there's. I think all of that comes from the mistaken belief that success, money, and we've been talking someone about money, and that's one of the ways you do your goals. But like, you can substitute yeah. anything in this conversation. I'm going to look at a certain size. I'm going to have the right kind of wedding. I'm going to write a book. Right. Whatever it is, right? The thing, you know, like, why are you satisfied with having written three bestsellers? Why do you have to write a fourth one? Like. Nobody would probably say that because we have certain beliefs mm-hmm. about money, but I think all that comes from the 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 mistaken idea that that thing, success or whatever it is, or the amount of money, like is what would make you happy. Like, why would you need to? Deserve, we don't say to ourselves like, I just don't deserve like, I don't know, to go to the bathroom today. I mean, some people might think that if they've been really intense yeah. socialization, but like, there's some weird hitch in the thinking that's like, I don't deserve success. I've worked hard enough, but that implies that success is some inherently good thing that is going to be pleasant and positive that you haven't worked to achieve, but success is not inherently anything, right? It's just whatever it is, amount of money in your bank account or amount of clients on your roster and amount of books on the bestseller list that doesn't cause your feelings. That's not, I will tell you that when this first started with me was when, you know, I had in my mind and it's obvious why I had this in my mind that if I could just be thin, right that I would be happy. There was a point in my life I'd rather be thin than happy because I thought thin was the ultimate, you know, I grew up in the 80s, like the ultimate pinnacle of 
success. And that when I arrived there, I would finally feel whole and complete and loved. And that's the interesting thing. It had to be hard to get thin. Right. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have worked at all if it had been easy. It well, had right. to be That's something. why naturally thin people will have some other thing they're supposed to be doing. Of course. They're yeah. not going to pick that one. They're not going to be like, right. well, I'm thin, so therefore I'm worthy. Like, yeah, right. No, I remember lo- I remember looking at women and just being like, You're thin. Why aren't we talking about this? Like, you've reached the pinnacle of life. Like, and they could care less about that. They're feeling unworthy about something else. Right. So do you think this is part of to like <laughs> pull it back? I have one theory about why people don't want to imagine like that the good thing could actually happen, that the change could actually happen, the transformation yeah. is possible. But do you think that this is maybe part of it? It's like we almost don't want to believe it could happen because we need to keep a thing that we like can't get to. A hundred percent. We can keep that's why I kept out. gaining weight back because I believe this is what happened. And I watched actually a lot of other people that kind of came up in this industry with me, had the belief that once they got the money, once they got the weight loss, once they got whatever it was, then they'd feel whole and complete. And that's why so many people sabotage themselves on the way because they're afraid and they actually know, I think deep down, that that's not the case. Right. So we don't ever get there because then we'll have to experience the disappointment of like grieving that fantasy that it's over. Right. That it doesn't actually work. You're still still you, you're still like the way that I describe it is your life still sucks half the time, no matter what, no matter you've fallen in love with the love of your life. Oh yeah. Do you ever have a negative emotion? Podcast about like what to do when falling in love feels terrible. I'm like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. I'm still waiting for the part that, but of course we're sold that. This is an example though. Think of how many people, let's just stay with women. How many women believe when they have what you have, which is you have someone in your life that you genuinely love and loves you you'll have no problems left in your life. Right. And that's supposed to feel good. I mean, based on my example, I think a lot of people have probably left great relationships because it like, didn't feel like that honeymoon period. They thought they were supposed to feel. Yes. And it like, didn't feel like a butterflies and dopamine and just constantly feeling amazing. So when we think about like why we are like afraid or resistant or even like angry when someone suggests that something amazing could happen or we could get an amazing outcome. The other thing that I think kind of comes so the one proposal we have is that is it that takes away say, the hope. Yeah. We don't want to believe it's actually possible because we need the like we're in a like dysfunctional relationship with the fantasy. Yep. And so we want to like hundred percent keep that fantasy but not believe it's really possible in some weird way. Mm-hmm. But I think also I want to me this comes back to the authority thing because I think maybe part of it is that like why is it a risk to believe something good can happen? Because people don't want to feel disappointed when it doesn't. Right. Right. But what is disappointment? I actually don't think like pure disappointment is not that bad, right? It's like your ice cream fell out of the cone. It's like right. what people are really afraid of is that they'll make themselves wrong. Mm. Right. It's that they will like, okay. Or that they'll think like what you said, that there's something wrong with them because right, they exactly. weren't able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, I believed Cara or I believed Brooke that it was possible for me to change my life. And then I tried and then it didn't work exactly the way I wanted it to, or I didn't, th- whatever happens, they like didn't get the outcome quick enough, Yeah. whatever, or they just get, they did get the outcome. They're like, fucking still 50, 50. I still feel like a human. Yes. Right? But then like, what is the worst case scenario of believing something's possible for you and trying is that it doesn't happen. And then you beat the shit out of yourself. It's like, that's what we're actually afraid of. Right. Right. Is the meaning will give the potential failure. 
Yeah. I mean, believing in yourself is a decision you make, right? So you decide to believe that you can make an impact on the world, let's say. And so you go out there and you say, I want to impact this many people, or I want to change, you know, this many situations in the world or whatever. And then you believe that you can do it and you go about doing it and you, you fall short of whatever it was, the intention that you believed in. Like we can say, so what? You did more than you would have. And, right. If you, then and, you actually you, tried you and you got to, 50 people impacted yeah. instead of zero. Right. And you don't have to stop believing. We just maybe need to change the timeline or we just, right. you know, but there is like a threat in that for so yeah. many of us, like the threat of believing and it not being true. Yeah. We make that mean there's something wrong with us. Yeah. And it's also not being able to handle negative emotion. Right. I mean, I think right. that's why we teach like the first week you can join the clutch is actually not your thoughts. It's like feelings, right? You have to start yes. with emotions because we are just like, so we feel so unequipped to tolerate disappointment. Right. Because like, we're just so afraid of feeling that disappointment and we don't just think of it as like, well, okay, the worst thing that happens is I fail. And then like, I feel these things in my body for a few days and then I like yeah. go on with my life. Right. It's like, we believe it's going to be crushing in some way. And then we are, we would rather just not even risk it. Yeah. And I do think that comes from like, for many of us, it comes from not being able to handle disappointment from when we were younger, not being able to process emotion before, because it does feel crushing. Right. But as an adult, disappointment is like a 48 hour process. Right. It's like, true. Like really? my partner's six-year-old is very disappointed if his ice cream falls, right? right. Like that, that feels like very tragic to him. Yeah. But as an adult, you're like, it's going to be okay. There'll be more ice cream tomorrow. <laughs> there will be <laughs> right? more ice creams. And your willingness to be disappointed, this is really interesting, and not make it mean anything negative about you personally. Yeah. It's disappointed, not disappointed in yourself. Yeah. That's like the big distinction, I think. Like we would rather not risk something than be disappointed in ourselves because that's just mm. shame. Right. Yes. There's something wrong with us because we weren't able right. to achieve that. So why even try? I think a lot of us feel shame and call that disappointment, but that's not disappointment. That's shame we're feeling. Yes. Disappointed is like the restaurants out of the thing you wanted to eat. And yes. you're like, oh, yes. I'm really looking forward yes. to that. And it's like a little bit of a bummer. Right. Yeah. I did this wrong. I should never have let myself believe I could do it. Like I'm bad and wrong. I should. That's all shame. That's not actually disappointment. Yeah. I give that example like in business about how I was working with this coach, Frank Kern, and I had like this opt-in page that wasn't working. And I was like, I'm a failure. I can't market. I don't know how to get clients. And he was like, or we just need to change your headline. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's what we do, right? We make it mean there's something wrong with us. And yeah. and I do think we're socialized that way. I think our education system teaches us that, right? That yeah. you are smart or you aren't smart. It's like work we do in school becomes our identity versus just like you didn't do that thing well, right? right? You're like your amazing. Skill, your skill level in this operation is quite right there. Is yeah. low, right? Yes. That's so yes. good. So I think Instead of like are... defining ourselves by it. Yeah. Right, right. So I, I just think it's so important for... Like if you are thinking about making any kind of big transformation or changing your life or taking any kind of risk, and for some of you that may be joining the clutch, which is now open again, and for some of you, it might be like applying to the job, like people don't apply to jobs that they would want to get because like, what if they don't get it? They don't ask someone out because God forbid you get rejected, right? Whatever it is, that sort of risk that you are 
wanting to take, I think we think about it just in the sense of like, oh, if the the bad thing happened, then I would feel this way, right? And we don't spend time in that like, what if the good thing happens, right? Why right. am I like, unwilling to contemplate that, right? Like, it's just really fascinating to really, with that compassionate, curious observation, just like watch your own brain. Because of like, this is so interesting. Why am I so unwilling to contemplate that I maybe could actually have what I want? And this is actually super relevant for any of your students who maybe are on the fence about signing up for the clutch, right? Because I've been actually talking to a lot of my clients about about why we make decisions or don't. And listen to the last podcast about how powerful it is to make a decision. So if if I think about the reason I'm going to join the clutch or not, right? And this is what everyone should do. You should think about this. If the reason is, and this is so common, right? I don't think it will work for me. Mm -hmm. I don't think I can have the kind of success that other people are claiming. I don't think that I will be able to make the changes that help me become the best version of myself because there's something not quite right with me. That's fine. Your brain will do that. Like, let it do that. But give equal airtime to what if it is? What if this could? What if, you know, working in this environment with all these people and all this input could create the result that I actually want? And then at least have a balance between right. It's like I think informed consent is just the yes, yes, and not versus if you just if you're not conscious about it, your brain will just tell you there's no way that you could ever do that, and that's why most of us hold ourselves back so unnecessarily, and we don't want to claim that authority, right? Totally back to the last one. Like one of the things people think is like I don't trust myself to make this decision, Mm. right? And I always say to people like honestly. It'd be huge growth if you signed up for the clutch, never signed in, and then never shit on yourself about it. Like that, yes. obviously you'll get more out of it if you do sign in and do the work. But that but actually is such a good point. It's true. Like yes. that would be like, it would be more growth and more powerful for your future to like take a risk or say you're going to do something, whatever, not fall through or fail and not beat yourself up. Like that is so much more valuable than whatever you save by like not taking a risk, right? Whatever. Yeah, and it's like, how many chances don't we give ourselves? Right. I think it is safety. Like that's actually, as I was saying that, it's like what we think is because I don't trust myself to make this decision, the safest thing to do is not do anything. Right. But actually what's safe is knowing that whatever you do, you have your own back. Yeah, whatever you do, you're going to keep yourself safe. Right. You're You're not going to be the weapon against yourself. yourself. Yes. Yes. So good. And that women is so are good. so socialized to use everything as a weapon against themselves, right? Yes. I mean, that's, women are trained to be a weapon against themselves, like from birth, like look in the mirror and look for everything that's wrong and figure out how to fix it. Oh my gosh, that's so good. And so many people will say to me, well, I've signed up for so many different things and I haven't followed through on them. So I should stop signing up for things. I'm like, no, keep signing up for things. Keep giving yourself as many chances as you mm-hmm. can possibly have to win. Don't stop giving yourself chances because you're beating yourself up saying, well, I procrastinate. I don't follow through and I don't do all that. Do not live from that. That's like, so good. I <laughs> I coached someone at Clutch College about this and she had this identity thought like, I'm someone who doesn't follow through. Right. And I was like, are you wearing clothes and you got here today? You're like at, you followed through. <laughs> like you are right. someone who sometimes follows through and sometimes doesn't like every other fucking human on the planet. And then I was like, do you know how many things I've signed up for and not done? And everybody but, like, but, but you could either say I've signed up for so many things and I haven't followed through on them. There's something wrong with me. Or I am a person who gives myself a lot of chances. Totally, that's I don't I'm follow saying. through on all of them, but I don't need to. 
Right. That's what I'm saying. So I was like the, yes. the room when I was like, listen, I sign up for stuff all the time and then like end up not doing it or get to it later or whatever. And the room was like, oh, like as though that was, and everybody was like, oh my God, that's such a relief. And I was like, first of all, do you guys listen to me? How often do I talk about not being perfect? What is happening here? But yes, exactly. And I never beat myself up about it. I'm like, Ever. great. I learned one thing from the intro video. Soul, that was useful. Like, I love that sort of like how many, right? It's like that, it's that same perfectionist mindset of like, if I didn't do it perfectly the first time, I don't deserve another chance. And let me tell you this. If you're someone that's listening to this and you've signed up for a lot of different things and you haven't followed through on them, there is so much power in every single one of those decisions that you made. And you can look at it as I'm a person who exercises my authority. I'm a person who makes decisions for herself. And you can use that as evidence that you are capable in exercising power in your life. Whether you follow through on every single thing that you sign up for or not does not even need to be relevant. That's so good because it's like people are like, well, if I don't know that I will make one decision correctly, I'll just make no decisions. Right. As opposed to if I'm willing to make decisions that could go either way and I make a hundred of them, I'll make 50 great ones. And yeah, there were 50 that weren't good, but now I've made 50 great decisions rather than making zero decisions. And I just want to tie this all up from what we've been talking about, like making a decision to want what you want and to get what you want is one of the most powerful things that you can do in your life. And crazily enough, one of the hardest things. Yeah, 100%. To actually decide that you want something just because you want it and decide to attempt. You don't even have to decide to get it. Just deciding to attempt to get it just because you want it. That decision will change your life. Listen, hear this. This is everything. It's not getting the thing that you want that changes your life. It's deciding that you deserve to make the attempt to get the thing that you want in your life that changes your life. A hundred percent. Like on your deathbed, you will not be like, wow, so glad I never tried. Yeah. So glad I didn't make one decision in my life. I just was afraid. Yeah. So Right. And that socialization, like if you are a woman, it is wild how we think, like I'm writing this part about people pleasing right now. And it's like telling a woman that it's like okay to please herself first is like horrifying and shocking to so many people. Right. Because your job is to please everybody else, not to please yourself. Right. But the truth is when you learn how to tap into what you really want on a deep level, that's when you can show up the most powerfully in the world and create the most change. And that's when you can actually impact and help so many more people. Right. If I spent my whole life being like, okay, well, I don't want to be, I'm not allowed to be a coach. So I just got to stay as a law professor and try to like please my mentors and my parents and whatever I would have helped. Like I'm sure a few law students, what are, you know, 20. And instead I connected to what I wanted and was willing to take that risk and bet on myself. And, you know, now the podcast is whatever it is, 45 million downloads or something like that's how many people are now impacted. And I feel like that's something like when I was making the decision for me to complete my marriage And I think I had talked to you and it's like, it's enough to do something because you want it. Mm -hmm. That sounds so foreign. To us. Like you cannot imagine a bunch of men sitting around, a bunch of like straight white men sitting around and be like, Bob, do you think we're allowed to do something just (laughs) because we want to? And then Brian would be like, no, I've never done anything I want to in my whole life. Like, you just can't imagine that scene happening. Like, am I allowed to do this? Like, so many of our conversations is like, am I allowed to just do this just because I really genuinely want to? Right. 
That's the only way you live a life of integrity. Every other life is a lie. And, and that's going to feel uncomfortable because you have not, you've been taught the opposite. That's wild. We've been taught to live the lie. We've been taught to live the lie. So come train. Don't clutch. live the lie. <laughs> don't live the lie. That's where you learn it. <laughs> that Thank should be you. your tag life. Come to the clutch. Don't, don't, live, don't the live the lie. <laughs> now that, that sounds like some kind of brainwashing call for sure. <laughs> Especially when you say it like that. <laughs> I didn't know you had such a good like rate. That's like a, like an action movie announcer voice. <laughs> when we do our podcast about the two different kinds of change, I want you to talk in that voice the whole time. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Thank you for coming on, my friend. Oh my gosh, I love you. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. If you're loving what you're learning in the podcast, you have got to come check out The Clutch. The Clutch is the podcast community for all things on Fuck Your Brain. It's where you can get individual help applying the concepts to your own life. It's where you can learn new coaching tools not shared on the podcast that will blow your mind even more. And it's where you can hang out and connect over all things thought work with other podcast chickens just like you and me. It's my favorite place on earth and it will change your life. I guarantee it. Come join us at www.unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash the clutch. That's unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash the clutch. I can't wait to see you there.